Call the spec sheet now at 573-837-4948. This is a very special edition of the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. On this broadcast, each listener will receive a complimentary pre-owned 10 gigabyte IBM IDE hard drive. No need to call about the drive. We have your information. To speak with Curtis, call now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's the spec sheet. Hey, it's the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven, and Curtis is here. What's up, brother? Hey, there is not much going on here but excitement and uh, worry. Wow, really sounds like it. What's going on? I, well, well, excitement <laughs> and, and worry for the friends of mine who are, and probably yours too, that are in the path of a hurricane. Well, I generally make it a policy not to be friends with anybody who lives in the paths of hurricanes, so... Um, unfortunately, that works, that, that works out pretty well, right? Yeah. So anyway, if you want to call the show tonight, the phone number is 573-837-4948. It's 573-837-4948. This is the spec sheet where we talk tech, anything you might want to talk about relating to technology, the news stories that are floating around out there, uh, some of which is new, some of which is old. But usually when we talk about stuff that isn't exactly new, I think it's because it remains interesting to us. And there are a lot of stories like that tonight that have been in the news for a couple of days at least, but we're going to go ahead and talk about them anyway just because they need to be talked about. That's right. And the the real word hasn't been said until one of the two of us says it. So What 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 do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever you've heard up to this point doesn't really matter until you hear us give our opinion on it. So By the way, your audio is just a tad hot on that end. Yeah, just a tad. Maybe if you can just drop it back a couple dBs. Let's hear you now. Is this sound? How is this sound? I think Any that's better? yeah. I think that's okay. I, I think I don't know. We'll just see as the show goes. So anyway, Steve Jobs quit. Yes, he did, uh, <laughs> and I think uh, that this fits pretty well with uh, the changing world of uh, mobile computers and, and our last couple episodes. I mean, you have the the major changes over at Google with their purchase of Motorola. Well, how does Apple come out and uh, and one up them? Well, they one up them by getting rid of their visionary leader, Steve Jobs. Uh, Are I'm you sure concerned? It's to help. Yeah, I would. You remember our conversation when I said that my worry is that Steve will get uh, enamored with some other thing, and, and my thought is that it's going to be the new campus they're building. Yeah, and uh, you'll see a beginning, a, a dwindling of of innovation from from Apple. Well, maybe that that's going to happen a lot quicker. And, and you had mentioned. Uh, the health will be uh, is an issue for him for the fact that he's got to build his legacy. Uh, and one of the articles that I wanted to send over to you in our prep info, uh, since you are a much better reader than I am, uh, have you seen the TMZ photos that were were posted? I, I believe it was yesterday, late last night. Of uh, about Steve Jobs. No. 
Uh, was okay, he nude uh, in his backyard mowing? No, that would have been actually some some interesting photos to see doing oh, okay. it using his eye lawnmower. No, these, these are pictures <laughs> supposedly of him going to the hospital for for treatment for oh, uh, I assume his his cancer. Oh god, I think cancer. But if these photos are are true, it's did, uh. Did you I mean, send me a link? Explain, yeah, if you go to the show prep. Oh, the show uh, prep. Okay, you could just hit me and skip yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I just went over to. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, before the show, I was having issues, ironically, with uh, Google Chrome not letting me get into Google Docs, saying my my browser cookies weren't correct or were set too high, or something. All you know, I, ha- I the only thing I've changed. modified in Chrome is I've told it to explicitly block third party cookie. Oh my God, Steve Jobs looks yeah. he's gonna die soon. Well, you wow. look at that photo. It, assuming that there's no photoshopping that's been done to it, I've, I've seen uh, online some people say that this photo isn't completely accurate, but. Why? Uh, Why not? One thing. He's standing right. It, but then again, oh. I don't know. It and does think, have an odd quality, like it's been manipulated in some way. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's true, if that's really him, even if it's just minor manipulation done to that's it, that's him. I really, I, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I think this maybe goes too far into uh, prying into his life, but. It also does show why he wouldn't come out just all of a sudden. Because this is the worst time, I would think. If Steve Jobs is just looking to leave the limelight and and hand the reins over to somebody else but still be involved in Apple, right now is a critical time with the iPhone 5 getting ready to be released, iCloud being huge, Google maybe making the biggest play they've ever done, and, and mobile and Android. This isn't the time that you would come out with a, a downer message if you're Apple. You come out and you hit even harder. So... That that lends credibility to this, that this story that in picture from from TMZ that that he's in really bad health and something <sighs> drastic has happened. Uh, he, and he, I just think he's, it, it's just strange as I sit here and I look at this. He's he looks like he's been in Auschwitz, literally. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I couldn't really describe it before, but that's probably a good way to say. I and mean, he just looks defeated. It's like it's saddening. He's going to get up. That's yeah, really looks, saddening think, to see. What's your opinion on this photo actually being out there? I mean, you know, Steve Jobs is so secretive about his well, life and his health. I don't know where it was taken. I don't know by whom it was taken. I don't know what the terms were when the photo was taken. Um, I mean, obviously, the man standing next to Steve seems to be aware that a photo is being taken because he's looking that's right into the too. lens. But, I mean, th- like that's another it. thing that needs to be pointed out is that there is a man standing next to Steve holding him like an old man to make sure he doesn't fall over. Yeah, that's how bad he well, yeah. is in this picture. Uh, he, yeah. wow. I mean, you know, it's kind of odd. Also, what struck me as I'm looking at this picture is, look how just he's he's so gaunt and is just his bony little legs sticking out from the bottom of what looks it, on my monitor. It almost looks like he's wearing a black skirt or something. Yeah, uh, but just his knobby little like knees sticking out and just this defeated man who clearly is dying. And to think how yeah. powerful he is all the while. It's the just the juxtaposition of this photo uh, with mm-hmm. with what I know about this man. It's really... I mean, if you yeah, can look at this I'm, photo and not be moved in some way by it, well, I don't know. Maybe you don't have a soul. Yeah, well, that's why I'm really torn on this thing of where the media deserves to report on the news, and this is news, and this photo is. But at the same time, knowing everything that he's done in his life... And the way I would want to be once I reach, you know, the point in my life where I'm, I, I, I look like I'm, I'm on my end days. I wouldn't want photo, photos of me out there on the internet necessarily. 
so so I'm torn here, uh, you know, because of course I've always been an Apple fan. I'm a Steve Jobs fan, so I don't want to see this uh, this kind of image because I want him to have his private days. He deserves them just like everybody else does. But uh, how has Apple stock the, performed though, with with the announcement? Uh, it, it, it did go down, but it rallied. No, no rally is the wrong word. It, it recovered from where it went down. I'm not sure what it's actual where, where it closed huh. on Friday, but uh, I but think it, it did not have a major drop. Well, let's give some uh, let's let's allow time to be our guide there because yeah. not enough of it well, has gone by. Um, we, really we need to see fu- to- we need to f- see the release of future Apple products that have no involvement or input whatsoever from this man because he's gone, and then see how the Apple legacy continues from there. Um, I suspect that with this man, he just has a way of perceiving the universe around him that nobody else seems to have. He just has an right. instinct for what it is that Apple does and how it should be done. And he's proven that to be the case. The company succeeded with him there initially, and then he was kicked out of the company, and it started to fail. It almost did. Then he comes back, and mm-hmm. miraculously, the company is oh, yeah. one of the world's most successful corporations. So you cannot say that this man's involvement with that company uh, is incidental or not necessarily of the greatest importance. Uh, I just, oh, yeah. over the course of the next couple of years, obviously this man's going to be dead soon, very soon. People who look like yeah. this don't come back and say, hey, I I, I was able to swing it. You know? Well, uh, may, maybe he'll go have like the blood of virgins or unicorns put into his system and, and he'll make a recovery. Uh, he'll, he'll get some eye blood or something. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, the thing is too that with, with a company, uh, a lot of people have said that they have three years worth of projects already in the hopper. So we might not not experience what it means, or and we might not, might never know as the public what things that come out over the next few years were a Steve Jobs thing, or or, or a driven project and a post Steve Jobs. Maybe in a conventional corporation, I could see that logic applying, but I don't think in the mobile space you can really look at conventional corporate wisdom and mm-hmm. say it applies because things just move so quickly. Uh, well, the question is, I guess, will, will Steve Jobs, over the, uh, well, since 19, 1997 when he came back to Apple and, and restored it basically uh, or helped it towards its climb to become what it, what it is today, has he built a culture of innovation that matches what he did to where he, he's passed that legacy on to the Apple Corporation or, or Apple Company, I guess now, uh, or, has he, uh, or, or was it all him? Is all the magic inside his head? Or did he transfer his philosophy over to the group uh, to where they can continue to innovate? And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the first to say I'm, I'm nervous about this because I remember what Apple was like when he, when he was gone. And it wasn't a very exciting place and they weren't developing products that inspired in any way. And it was right in the middle of that time that I was a, a regular user. Uh, I was <laughs> kind of stuck with the platform at that point. Wow. Because for years I'd been been in it and I loved it, so I was loyal, so I stuck with it. You were like a desktop kind of Linux thing. user today. <laughs> Very similar, right? <laughs> my my, uh, uh, my version of Red Hat, I was still running it three years after it wasn't relevant. Uh, but uh, so, so yeah, I'm worried that, you know, like, like I've said several times on the website and talking to you that uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> reinvested in Apple technology again uh, myself uh, majorly. And the, the day that this article came out, actually when I, when I saw the press release come through that he was uh, going to retire, 
I was actually unboxing my, my brand new wireless keyboard and trackpad that I bought from the Apple store. I had just spent over 200 and something dollars total of all the products that I just got. And I'm sitting there I'm opening things, these things up thinking, great, he just retired and he's what made all these products so cool. Is that going to carry on? I, I'm, I was actually somewhat uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. I just... Uh I don't know. I don't expect. Uh, yeah. I don't expect the years to come to be particularly to Apple's benefit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, that, that's why I'm nervous. But hopefully, he did transfer that that innovative idea over to him. And the other thing too is that with their new campus that they're building or they're going to be building, uh, how, how's like? <laughs> I can see it going from the the cool circular reclaiming space design it had before to just a big tall block building after he is gone because the people who work at Apple I bet care a lot less about what the building looks like on the outside it's about what's inside by the way RVX RVX TM in the chat room says uh, the photo is supposedly fake there are some artifacts but I just hope it is a fake Um, I don't know man it looks pretty real to me and that definitely is Steve Jobs there's no doubt about that so yeah I've seen I've seen both ways on that. I mean, there are people on the internet saying that it's photoshopped, and there's somebody who goes through and takes a, a, a bit by bit, or not bit by bit, but section by section show where there's been blending and other tools done to it. And then another person who says that they, I think it was the Chicago Tribune, I think, uh, confirmed. No, sorry, it was uh, Gizmodo. Gizmodo uh, got confirmation that the photo was real. And, and there, Gizmodo back uh, in. Uh, the early part of 2011, they posted photos of him looking similar, or photos that uh, the National Enquirer had taken that he looked similarly frail and uh, all that. That uh, they uh, they they posted those pictures with a big backlash. Now with, with these photos, they say they're not going to post them, but they've confirmed they're real. So, hmm. well, uh, who knows? I mean, let's look at what's more likely, though. I mean, we do know he has pancreatic cancer. He has had it for a long time, and that disease generally is a death sentence. Uh, now, I, one of my customers oh, yeah. is a physician, and he says that some blends, I guess you will, or variations of pancreatic cancer aren't necessarily a death sentence. But that was news to me. Yeah, yeah he uh, has a very rare, I guess, version of it, too, that's not necessarily as uh, quick of a sentence, uh, quick of a final you know death sentence i guess I, I guess typically you have about a year is what i was reading and what he had could take many many years before it actually uh cause significant or fatal problems so okay well anyway what else is in the hopper uh well i think a, a another uh, interesting article here uh, let me jump through is that uh sticking with the apple theme is that apple uh won a ban uh got a ban uh, instituted on the Samsung Galaxy tablet in Germany as part of this whole patent war. Uh, they did that quite that, some uh, time ago, though, didn't they? Well, th- they uh, had been fighting in Germany over it, but they actually finally got it. Ugh. And uh, I find it to be, uh, the, the, I think I've said before, the, the whole patent wars over mobile devices really, really annoy me. Yeah, but I'd like uh, to know what court decided to grant that ban. Obviously, it was some European court. And you know how much the Europeans love Google, especially Germany. They're so, you know, they're going mm. ape over the privacy thing because of Google Street View. 
um, and, oh, yeah. and allowing people to have their homes pixelated out, which is just stupid. It is a matter of public <laughs> record where your home is. Right. Well, and I don't know. I, I've noticed for most of the people that I look that Google doesn't get the address exactly right uh, <laughs> each time anyway. So, Yeah, sometimes uh, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. By the way, um, I'll let you continue on with what you were saying about okay. Apple here in just a second. But I wanted to remind everybody, if you go to radiotrainwreck.com, Sorry, I had to hit the cough button there. Radiotrainwreck.com. In the menu there, click on chat room and join us. We'd be happy to interact with you in real time during the show. Okay, that's radiotrainwreck.com. Yeah, call in. in. The number is 573-837-4948. 573-837-4948 if you want to call in. I'm sorry, go ahead, Gareth. Oh, especially if you're in the chat room right now. I don't know if you noticed, Michael, but there, there's people whose fingers are a lot braver than their voices. I, I'd love for them to uh, call in and, and say the things that they they feel there. So, I mean, feel free to go to the chat room and say whatever you want and be a part of the conversation. But uh, I just would love to see. Uh, yeah, don't be a computer some of these cowboy. Yeah, yeah, call in. I, I'm a voice sitting right here, ready to. Uh, join in with whatever conversation or, or any legitimate conversation you want to have. So anyway, what were you talking about yeah. with regard to Apple? Uh, talk, uh, that was the uh, the patent battles, which, uh, again, the, the Google and Motorola uh, merger is all about right. patents, and this is, is Apple making its play against Android, which is clearly, uh, it, it's, it's more nervous about Android now probably than it's ever been. So... Uh, so yeah, they they've blocked at least in Germany. They haven't been able to get it blocked in all of Europe, but uh, obviously Apple is going to try to block the ability for anyone to develop a device on the Android platform, uh, if possible, because that's the easiest way to block tablet sales where Apple dominates currently. Wait a minute, Apple's going to try and get things set up in such a way that nobody can develop on Android? Oh no, just that they're going to come out uh, anyone who. Uh, develops anything that's potentially a, a threat to them. They're, they're going to use the legal system. I, I think all of the uh, manufacturers are doing this, and when it really annoys me because I would rather see all these devices out there and uh, competing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Microsoft does it. Uh, Motorola does it or did it. Uh, it. It's all about what what can you stop them from doing so that you can continue to dominate. Uh, it's frustrating. I, I say just put put your device out there and let it uh, let it compete. I mean, look at it. Uh, another quick side story that follows the the tablet world. Uh, anyone out there who has a webOS uh, device or tablet, the uh, H HP uh, tablet. Uh, did you hear about the uh, fire sale that occurred with those? No. Uh, so uh, earlier this week, uh, maybe it was the, the end of last week, HP dropped the price on their tablet that that runs on the webOS down to $99. Well, as a result of that, the, the, the items just sold out. I mean, everywhere you went online, they, they were sold. I even looked at uh, on Amazon potentially buying one just because of the, the price of it. Uh, I was interested in seeing what WebOS uh, could do, but they, they sold out. So here HP has this dying platform uh, that has potential if they would put effort into it. Uh, they clearance the device, and it becomes the most popular tablet for at least a week. And uh, hopefully they see that there there's potential out there for them to continue uh, keeping the WebOS platform, but uh, I doubt it's going to happen. Plus, HP is talking about becoming a, 
get heading back to its roots and spinning off the uh, the PC side of its business, becoming more of a, a large scale and enterprise uh, company like IBM has done, which IBM successful at, but I don't think HP will be. It's been really funny. Uh, well, it was really funny after HP announced what they were going to do with WebOS, which was canned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, it was funny to go to the WebOS website and just start looking at all of the invitations they were continuing to make for people to develop on that platform. <laughs> just the way they were just still, you know, waving the flag. If you want, I mean, if it were me and I were in charge of PR for that company, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I had anything to say about it, I would have said, "Look, if we're going to kill the platform, first thing we need to do need to do is go to the website and stop and trying to entice people to develop for the platform. It's going to look silly. Right. Let's just acknowledge reality here. At some point, you know, the left hand needs to know what the right hand's doing. But no, yeah, well, uh, the the story had been out for a couple of days that they were killing it, essential, effectively killing it. I mean, they haven't worded it that way. They've got some specific things that they're killing, but." They are they are terminating all of WebOS development, aren't they? Well, it, they, they're they're trying to keep it close to the vest because one of the things they did is when they they had this whole plan about uh, shutting off PC uh, uh, hardware and WebOS, uh, all these initiatives that are the only things probably making money for HP. I'm going to guess they they didn't even announce this in any way to their stockholders and 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 board. I guess. Uh, or their their management team came up with this plan, so their their stock plummeted right after they announced this. Uh, and, and Microsoft even came out with a deal for WebOS developers to get into their platform and get training really cheap because they want to pull over obviously any developers they can for the the Windows uh, mobile platform. Uh, I'm sure Android will end up doing the same thing, trying to find some sort of incentive to to bring over WebOS people because if you look at the old Palm platform. What made Palm so great is the fact that there was a ton of apps for it uh, before the word apps was was popular, just little programs that ran on your Palm device. Uh, that was the one thing that, that WebOS had going for it when it first started out. But, of course, the thing fell on its face pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. And while we're in the break, I'm going to shoot you a couple messages here. So just okay. sort of hang out. This is The Spec Sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. If you want to call the show, the phone number is 573-837-4948. We'll be back in just a little bit. This is The Spec Sheet. This is The Spec Sheet with Curtis Thornton, the Internet's premier technology podcast. On this broadcast, we're accepting tech support calls only from middle-aged black females named Lois. Call the show now at 573-837-4948. That's 573-837-4948. And now, here's The Spec Sheet. So... Before the show, Evelyn sent me a text message asking me if uh, Hurricane Irene... It's Irene, right? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. a- yeah, asking me if that's hit me at all. Does she not know I'm in Missouri? <laughs> well, this is, this is a very random uh, hurricane that spun off. Uh, come on, Irene. I mean, is, is there is there some indication that it's headed... That, that, like, there's some serious weather systems headed my way from the East Coast? <laughs> yeah, nothing that I've heard of, but, um, but I'm sure you'll be the first to report it if it does happen. Uh, I'll be the first to ignore it and just let everybody else report <laughs> it as the world crumbles around me. It, that, that reminds me, I, I saw on a, I think it was on Gizmodo also, 
that there was a video of a, a guy from the Weather Channel doing a live report, and a, a dude goes running past and just uh, moons and shows everything off on the camera uh, live. And the, the the reporter keeps trying to get him to take it back to the to the studio, and for some reason they left him hanging out to dry. <laughs> uh, so he's sitting there doing everything he can to to cover it. But, it's yeah, too there, late. the damage had already been done. There were there have been a lot of good ones like that. Uh, if you've ever heard of the Opie and Anthony show, they used to have people that yeah. would, they were called pests, and they would go out and do. I think they called it an assault on the media, or I think that's what it was: attack on the media or assault on the media. And uh, mm-hmm. so they would just go out and find reporters delivering their live shot and just run into the shot with ONA party rock signs. Or uh, yeah. there was this one guy. He was a news reporter in Manhattan, I think, and they were some, one of their pests was bothering him, and he wrapped up his news story. And so only thirty four kids died instead of thirty five. I'm Jack Brockman <laughs> for WXTK News, and then he turns turns around immediately. Doesn't even give the studio time to pull it back. He turns around immediately and goes, "Will you lay the f off?" <laughs> so yeah. him using That's the uh, the f word. The all familiar suggestion, as Simon or as Art Garfunkel once said, uh, went right yeah. out on TV, and I think that guy may have lost his job. I don't know. I love watching that kind of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll send you the link to uh, to the Weather Channel one because it, it's funny. I need to stop trying yeah, to do they, this show with gum in my mouth. It's not working out well. You, no, I, I think uh, this show needs more gum. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the hurricane, I, Fry's girl had said that there was a likelihood that she was going to call in tonight with a hurricane update. Um, oh yeah, is it a? Didn't she say she was down? She's in DC, we're, we're, I think. Oh DC, that's right. Is that's she right. getting? So, yeah, is she, she getting hammered been. by it? Is she right in the middle of it? Yeah, she's oh, either boy. either right now or just not too long ago. The the hurricane would have gone past her. There, there was even a counter. Here's where you know the internet has gone too far. Uh, <laughs> there was a counter. Counting down to when the storm, the the hurricane would hit New York. I'm sitting there looking at it, and it says uh, like three hours and forty minutes. And I'm thinking, man, this is just a great use of the internet, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've got this. Um, there's if you go to Google and you just type, well, that's not it. Um, well, maybe this is it. It's just a huge map of the entire country, um, hmm. and it's an animated radar. It's always up to date. It's the only thing you'll find when you go to this website. Um, damn it! I could find it any other time. I'd like to see it because that'd be a great way to t- check out the hurricane. But anyway, Fry's girl, if you're listening on your mobile device, hopefully you're still able to give us a call, and we'll have you stick your head out the window or something so that we can hear the winds live on the air. Uh, there you go. Uh, first for uh, our podcast. Yeah, we'll be able to. You know, we'll be delivering firsthand accounts to the people of what it is that's happening out there. So anyway, yeah, well, that's spe- actually. Well, go ahead. Uh, speaking of the uh, cell phone situation and whether she's listening on a mobile device, she very well might not be. Uh, you put you you pulled this story from CBS. Hurricane Irene, right? May test cell networks. Uh, what are the wind speeds supposed to get up to with this thing? Any idea how how uh, much a, a cell tower can take? Yeah, I don't know about that, but I know that the the wind speeds were supposedly going to get up to 100 miles per hour. It it was only like a, a category one, maybe two, when it actually hit land. Uh, and the last report I heard, which was in uh, the lower Virginia area, uh, that power was still up. And if power is up, I'm sure cell towers are still still going. 
Cnet's Maggie yeah. Re- Cnet's Maggie Reardon says when you have winds blowing 120 miles per hour, it can really affect the equipment that's on towers that's exposed to the environment. Uh, and they say uh, in this story during Hurricane Katrina, uh, there were something like a thousand towers knocked out. Um, yeah, and actually, it, they continue me. by saying there's no federal standard for wind speeds on those towers. Yeah, isn't that amazing with all the restrictions the FCC has yeah. for, for everything to a tower that, that there wouldn't be some kind of wind or a, a earthquake restriction? That seems like such a no-brainer. I, I wonder if it's like that for all broadcast towers. Surely not. I don't not. know. I'm, Surely not. Yeah. I would think there has to be. I, I'm, I'm seriously amazed that there, there's not wind speed rules uh, on those because for, for everything there, there seems to be. I'm sure there's rules on you know the, the grounding and all that for it, so... Hmm. Why that's related to weather uh, and lightning strikes. So why not uh, wind also? Uh, let's see. And it, it also makes me it makes me wonder too for like a wind uh, wind turbine. What what are the what's what does it withstand? Because you know there's there's plenty of those out in the the Atlantic Ocean too. How are those going to handle a hurricane? Um, you know something that would be nice to talk. Well, I don't know how nice it would be to talk about, but we probably should. <laughs> is uh, we on our previous? I think it was our previous show. We talked about the uh, Bart uh, the the Bart repeaters, the cell repeaters that the Bart transportation right. people shut down. And uh, mm-hmm. then about well, I don't know, maybe four or five days after we did that show, you sent me a link to something where anonymous had hacked into somehow they got a hold of pictures of the uh, spokesman for Bart in San Francisco, hanging out in gay clubs and taking... Uh, I don't know if it was in a gay club or if it was a public venue. It looked like a gay club no, to me. I, I think it was just at like a cookout or something. It was just really? a social event. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was anything... So this guy is pulling his cock risque. out at social events. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, that, that, that story actually brings up... I, to me, I think it's funny as a, a follow-up to the fact that this guy, who uh, very aptly named, his last name was Johnson, uh, but... Uh, this guy, he's a spokesperson for Bart. He came out and said that he was the guy who uh, made the decision to go ahead and pull those those cell repeaters. So he he took the whole brunt on his back to say that that I'm the one who who made this decision. I'm the one who took down uh, sellability. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm the guy that to to heap all the all your negativity on. Well, anonymous did when they they, they hacked his personal email account and, and found photos that he had sent around. I wish I could remember the exact quote, but it was something like, uh, "If I if I have to be a dick to the public, then I might as well be a dick or something." And it shows a picture of him uh, showing his, you know. So, uh, and I noticed, yeah. I, I when things like this happen, I always read the comments that people leave. Uh, I, I love comments. Yeah, and a lot of people were saying Anonymous's decision to release these pictures was anti-gay. And that's what led me yeah. to think that it was the picture was taken in a gay club. But really, yeah. I mean, is that anti-gay to take a bunch of pictures of a guy who's a spokesman for a corporation and re- or, or a government entity and release them to the public in response to something they've done? Is that anti-gay or is he just a perv for pulling his cock out in public? I mean, that seems to suggest uh, it, it's like... It's like the what they call the soft bigotry of low expectations, like, well, we expect gay guys to just randomly pull their cock out and take pictures at public events because that's just what they do. They're just they're just charged up and fired up that way. That's just what we expect from gay people. Is it really? I don't think I know very yeah. many gay people who would do that, frankly. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like when uh, 
you know, people see a video of a black guy robbing a liquor store and they just kind of brush it off. Well, that's just what those people do. You know, that's that's how I read those yeah. comments when people were saying that it was anti-gay to post they're, they're those pictures. They're showing their own issues, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, well, because the whole thing... Because to me, if there's an issue, it's a privacy issue of when, when this guy went out there and uh, made himself the public face of a very negative thing, a very negative decision to pull that, that, that service, he opened himself up to all kinds of issues. Well, uh, did Anonymous go too far by going into his personal life and personal photos that he took, sent to his, or that he was a part of, and that he sent out in an email to friends of his? Was that enough? Uh, did they go too far doing that? Uh, I want to say they did, but uh, I don't you know. know. I, I, I just love the idea of this faceless, nameless organization out there that mm-hmm. just makes powerful people frightened. <laughs> I just yeah. I well, like I, that I mean, because guy, the times have changed. You can no longer come out uh, at the top of the stairway and, and speak down to the people. Uh, to the peasant rabble down below, we've decided to do this and you must suffer through it. (laughs) You can't do that anymore. And that apparently is what this guy thought he could do, which is to go out to the peasant rabble and tell them, hey, we're going to shut your cell phones down whether you like it or not. Now piss off. You can't do that anymore because there are going to be consequences. I mean, everyone has personal information that's touching a piece of copper somewhere that's touching the Internet. Uh and that being the well, case, I mean, you more need, than they realize. Yeah, before you go out publicly making an ass of yourself, you need to ask that question: Do I have <laughs> pictures of me exposing my cock in public uh, at a at a picnic at the uh, city yeah. park? <laughs> Are those yeah. pictures touching a piece of copper that happens to touch the internet in any way whatsoever? If they are, I better yeah. shut the you know what up. Yeah. Well. Uh, all they have to be is on your phone, and uh, yes. they're probably out there and fodder for for anyone to to grab. Right. The 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 issue, yeah, becomes uh, how much of our our digital life do we even know is out there? Uh, I mean, because obviously this guy knew he had pictures out uh, of this. He he sent the email for it, but looking at like Facebook, Facebook just uh, released uh, some updates uh, to the platform that allowed you to de-tag yourself from a photo that someone else tags and you can also request that person to take the photo off. How many pictures are there of you in a position or of anyone that uh, isn't necessarily the way they want to be presented to the digital world but you have no control over it? Uh, so the thing is that think about what it is you're talking about and saying and doing and decide whether the uh, the, the risk is worth the uh, the action. This reminds me, the other day I was looking for someone that I used to know when I was a child, and I was just searching mm-hmm. her name, and um, I stumbled upon pictures of her having sex with someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very blatantly uh, snapped. I, I mean, it, they looked like mm-hmm. pornographic pictures. I mean, they were. Um, it wasn't like uh, the Paris Hilton thing with the uh, green infrared light, something of that nature. Yeah, I mean, these were like she was, and it, it was her and another woman actually. And 
this website, and I, I, I was just, I decided I'm not going to say a word to this girl about any of this. I'm just yeah. going to move on and let let the chips fall as they may here because I don't want her to even know that I'm aware that these exist because if I were, she would probably think, even though I haven't spoken to her in 20 years, <laughs> that I'm involved yeah. in okay. some way whatsoever, somehow, but... Uh, this well, website, there, I mean, there are entire websites. That, here's my point: there are entire websites that are dedicated to the uh, premise of posting pictures of this nature that get out, either by mm-hmm. an angry boyfriend or an angry girlfriend. Uh, but these are all women, yeah. actually, on this website. These are private people. This website posts the uh, sexual pictures that have been taken. I mean, these are full spread. Very yeah. graphic sexual pictures of regular but, people. And then what they do next to these pictures is they post a screen cap of their Facebook profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's so great. that's how I have ended up easily. I mean, I'm telling you, if I go to Google and I type this girl's name in, all I did was type her name. And then I clicked images because oftentimes if someone has a Facebook account, and you just type their name, and then you do a Google image search on that name, it'll pull a photo no, from their Facebook profile, and that'll get you right to it instead of having to search. Um, yeah. And that's how I found this. And it's just one example among probably tens of thousands every year of, of private information that you thought was private. And once it's out there, it is so out there. Yeah, there's no getting it back. Well, think about and. Again, I, I'm all for people being able to do whatever they want to with technology. I'm I'm not looking to put major restrictions on people. I just want us all to uh, use common sense. But uh, what is it about technology when you put it in the hands of people, the average user, and, and they do all kinds of things they would never never do in their regular life? You would never walk up to a, a person you haven't seen in 15, 20 years and shake their hand and say, check out all these things that uh, – that I've done over the last 15 years that, that you would be uh, interested in seeing, or, or even if you don't want to see it, look right. at it anyway. Here it is. Uh, you wouldn't do that. So why would you do that with your digital world? Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, totally. It's amazing. I mean, well, and, most and of the people I've lost phones. contact with, there was a reason I lost contact with them. Right. Which no, is why Facebook yeah. and the philosophy behind it is so contrary to the way I think. Right, which is why it's again uh, as we continue with this tangential uh, manner of thinking, which makes it doubly more insane that I even have a Facebook account. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing on there. And you really need to uh, increase your usage of it. You need to post every day and everything you're doing. It's nauseating, and there are people I'm blocking on there who are on my friends list. I finally figured out mm-hmm. you don't actually have to delete people from your friends list. You can just block them so you don't see their posts. And I'm right. I've, I've really been employing that. Yeah, I've been employing that little feature quite frequently recently. It's just, my my boyfriend, I love him so much. Do you? Stop it. <laughs> Do you really? Well, why is it in two weeks that your relationship's going to get complicated? Uh, just I, I, I really believe. <laughs> I I really believe that through uh, the way people have really put themselves out there online and don't realize the repercussions. As I watch all the people that I connect with in the digital world, uh, you can really just from what seemingly uh, appear to be random posts, you can really piece together uh, a future projection for them that like, hey, I know I I can go ahead and throw out there that I think this person's going to make this bad decision in 60 days. And and it's pretty safe to do if you if you take enough time to look at the data, 
mm-hmm. and uh, be be objective about it. You, know, you the, the person who's going, uh, someone who their entire life has been laid back and uh, not really a big partying person, but then all of a sudden you start seeing every weekend pictures get posted of them. Uh, they're out drinking with their friends one time. They're at a party with a random stranger holding up a beer and everybody's laughing and smiling. And then you can say, okay, it's going to be three weeks until you see a picture of her kissing her. And usually it's pretty safe to say. And uh, five weeks before that, you had no idea that they were going to do that. But uh, the way people, they don't think about the trail of their life they're creating online uh, it's just funny that you can sit there and you can watch the train wreck hasn't even happened yet. They've just barely yeah. left the gates and you already know where it's going. Yep. You sure do. And because they've grown up with this system in place, practically of just putting things about yourself out there, they don't see anything wrong with it. They don't see any risks associated with it. <laughs> yeah, I well, swear to God, them, my like kids a- are not having a Facebook page. That's not happening. Yeah. When you turn well, 18 and you're no longer exposing the pr- public to my world, you know, I don't want my world yeah. being leaked out there by some kid. Sorry. Right. No Facebook page <laughs> for you. Yeah, you've been blocked. Uh, report. <laughs> this is from CNET. Adjust. Did you want to add something else? Otherwise, I'm going to move on. No, no. Go ahead. Um, the Justice Department says Page knew about rogue drug ads. I have no idea what this is about. Let's. Oh, Larry Page. Let's see. Yeah, Larry Page. Yeah, uh, this is a... Well, I didn't re- read a whole lot of detail to it. But let me read a little bit of yeah, this. Go uh, Google co-founder and CEO Larry Page con- uh, condoned ads from rogue online Canadian pharmacies, says a Justice Department official who led the investigation into the case and talked to the Wall Street Journal about it. Earlier this week, Google agreed to pay $500 million to settle the dispute, but that's actually in Google money. That's not a lot. It's not, yeah, right. To settle the dispute with the agency over the sale of the advertising through Google's AdWords program to foreign pharmacies targeting ads at U.S. customers. Now, Peter Neronha, I guess, the U.S. attorney for Rhode Island, why would you know his name, tells the Wall Street Journal that it appears Page may have been aware of the sales for several years. What's the problem? Is it illegal? No, I, th- I think it's just that they were, were targeting things that weren't necessarily part of the uh, – well, it's the whole selling drugs in, in Canada that are cheaper than in America. Well, what's the problem, though? The hey, I thought that was free market economics, you know? Hey, it's about <laughs> yeah, open door yeah, you policies, know. you know? I, I, yeah, but we only need to pay lip service to that. We don't actually – Yeah, as a country, we, we've – So when they ship your job to China, they'll talk to you about, you know, hey, it's free trade, it's open market, it's good for you in the long run, but – you know, when it yeah. actually costs them money, oh, hey, wait a minute. This isn't the way this is supposed to work. Do you see the screwed right. up nature of the system we live in? Do you see what a prison you live in? Don't you understand yeah, well, that? Don't you realize that? Don't you realize there's no reason really to care about anything? Uh, vote for Michael Van Dieven for president <laughs> 2012. That's my platform. Uh, it's just there's going to be a commercial that's just going to be for like 25 seconds. It's just going to be an open field with animals running. And then for the last five seconds of the commercial, it's just going to be my head in front of a black wall saying, don't you realize that there's just no reason actually to care about anything? And then it's going to say approved by Van Dieven per- for president. This ad what, what you need to have. But go ahead. Uh, catch you off. So. Um, I was going to make a point about this. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, I was just going to add to your, your commercial. I, I think what you need to do is have that open field in this really peaceful setting and then have it cut to an 18-year-old uh, girl on Facebook posting new pictures, new pictures of herself. 
and then cut over to her going to get a job and and the, the person who's interviewing her prints off her Facebook page and shows it to her and the girl walks walks away with her head down and you say Michael Van Dieven for a better world. He's our man. Show how. Yeah. I just want to know how he feels about the Federal Reserve before I vote for him. Otherwise, it's going to be fine. I'm all for not caring about anything. So <laughs> yeah. as long as he all equally doesn't care about the Fed, well, then I'm in as a voter. You, you, you just got a bunch of people then. <laughs> there you go. You, you just took all of uh, Ron Paul's uh, constituency. As we said, we take responsibility for our actions, a Google spokesperson said in an email to CNET. With hindsight, we shouldn't have allowed these ads on Google in the first place. What's the problem? That's what I want to know. Why shouldn't you? I mean, I think advertising pharmaceuticals ought to be illegal to begin with. The idea that any company ever could tell stupid, idiot, high school graduate consumers, hey, go ask your doctor about a flubra. That's right, a flubra. For your aches and pains and general bleeding from the eye sockets, take a flebra. No patient <laughs> should be able to go to their doctor and suggest a prescription to take. That is not mm-hmm. the way the system works. It's never well, how it was designed they did get to in work. Trouble for celebrity endorsements have been uh, nixed as a part of that because if it turns out that, or, or it turned out that people were going uh, to their doctors and requesting all kinds of medications based on the celebrity who was was selling it on the commercials. So you had people going in with ailments that had nothing to do because they set you up in the commercial saying if you suffer from this, this, and this, you may be a good candidate for whatever. And uh, so, so you go in and uh, and ask for it. But the whole thing is you've been programmed to think, oh, I, I'm a big fan of such and such person on this TV show, and uh, boom, you're stuck. So the people in this story apparently are not upset about the fact that consumers are instructed to go to their doctors and ask for a particular prescription. That doesn't upset these people. What upsets them is that Canadian companies happen to be doing it to U.S. consumers. Oh, God, that's where the line gets drawn. Now that, you yeah. know, now that we see that the money that used to be made off of this isn't quite being made, and now we have to have a problem. Now let's be concerned. I don't know. I, I think Google is typical of a corporation. Uh, in that rather than coming out and rather than come out and defend themselves and say, "Hey, look, do you see the hypocrisy of this? Do you see that? Mm-hmm. I mean, as I just pointed out, rather than say that, they'll just come out with some empty pantsuit who says, "Our actions were wrong, and in hindsight, we should have behaved differently in the first place there's there's yeah well corporations the, are really the, soulless the The thing about this though is that Google has access to everything I mean going back talking about our social media stuff. Google, I, I've said for a while that I want to believe that they 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 do do no harm, but I'm worried in the background that they're just a company that is taking more and more power for themselves, and I don't really know what the ultimate play is going to be. But I, I'm not not excited about it. Well, somebody's going to do it if they don't. Obviously, there's a power vacuum yeah. out there, and it's going to be sucked up. Uh, it's going to be filled. Rather, <laughs> I had my uh, <laughs> air pressures inverted. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. It's obviously going to be filled by somebody, and I'd rather it be Google than Facebook. I'd rather it be Google than Yahoo. I'd rather yeah, it be well, Google I know than be Facebook. I mean, I can think of plenty. Of, I mean, it's going to be filled by somebody, and whoever that somebody is is going to have Rotten Tomatoes thrown at them. But I can think of a lot of other companies. I wouldn't want it to be Microsoft. I can. I mean, it almost I, was at one point. Yeah, almost, but not quite. I mean. Yeah. yeah, they were definitely in control of what was happening on your desktop, 
But the minute your desktop started speaking with the outside world, they kind of lost control there. They thought they'd have that locked down, apparently. You know, if you go back and read yeah, they, these they books, they, yeah. if you go back and read these books written by Bill Gates in the uh, mid, mid-90s, or a book, rather, where he predicts what the future is going to be, and he is just so mm-hmm. off. I mean, he just envisioned well, Microsoft pretty much running the Internet. Yeah, well, the, the other thing is he, he uh, was, uh, I think he ended up being right on uh, computers becoming, or morphing into devices outside of, of computers with your, your home, your phone, all that. But he just didn't have the innovation to say how it was going to happen. It took other people to do it. He knew where it was going to go, but he didn't know how to make it there. Let's take a look at it. That's the problem with Microsoft. Uh, that they, they just, oh, how about I not hit things on my desk? That's probably really loud. Uh, uh, let's take a look uh, at a couple Bill Gates predictions and uh, see how they held up. This is from the Huffington Post. Oh, I'm so oh, yeah. sick of these ads that take up your whole screen and everything goes gray until you close it. Stop it! Uh, well, oh, now you what, was even... it a Canadian drug company? No, I didn't I like, even look at uh, it. That's how useless that advertising is. I have no idea what it even was. Okay, well, here's, a, here's a prediction about email. Uh, Gates wrote, Electronic mail and shared screens will eliminate the need for many meetings... When face-to-face meetings do take place, they will be more efficient because participants will have already exchanged background information by email. Information overload is not unique to the information highway, and it needn't be a problem. Okay, so it's kind of bland. <laughs> so for, for that to sort of work out, it, it took a, a huge recession and people being scared of flying. The, uh, the whole idea of, of, of working electronically rather than meeting in person, I mean, it... That that wouldn't like with products like GoToMeeting and teleconferencing, uh, voice over IP, uh, those really came into prominence in the last few years only because of uh, I'd say nine eleven and the recession that occurred many years after it. I wish they'd it be more. Speci- I wish they'd be more specific about when he said some of these things. Here's another one: You'll be able to carry the wallet, PC in your pocket or purse. It will display messages and schedules and also let you read or send electronic mail and faxes. Faxes. <laughs> Monitor yeah. weather and stock reports. Play both simple and sophisticated games. Browse information if you're bored. Or choose from among thousands of easy-to-call-up photos of your kids. Uh, well, he was right about everything but the faxes. Although I'm sure there are probably apps out there where you can fax from your mobile device. Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah, there's ways to do that still. Um, there's a free one that I use all the time. I forget what it's called. It's great, by the way. We never recommend stuff on this show. We really should because yeah, well, there's a lot of tech stuff that I use and take for granted in my day-to-day life. I'm going to start tonight, actually. I'm going to start with a recommendation, it. and you choose a recommendation that by the end of this show, maybe you can bring out and point well, out to people. You've had a couple, and we never got around to them, actually. Yeah, well, the one the one I have fits in well with uh, what you were just saying about advertisements and being annoyed by the one that came out Uh well, popped here, up on your screen. That here's a recommendation. Uh, go to faxzero.com. If you ever need to send a fax, don't bother going to FedEx and don't bother trying to use your printer or any of that BS. Just go to faxzero.com. You can either type text in to the box to send a fax that way. I mean, it'll just be typed text as the fax. Or you can choose an attachment and send that as the fax. So if you have a PDF file or a uh, uh, Microsoft Word document, something of that nature, you can attach that and send that. Um, it's free. The only thing that uh, 
they do to compensate themselves for the fact that they're doing this for you is they put an ad on the cover page. That's it. Otherwise, you pay nothing. That's faxzero.com. I wish they were an advertiser because that would have been just a great advertisement. Uh, it would have been. I, I think that that was worth at least uh, $20, $30. I would have to say yes. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, at the end of the show, we'll have some tips for you and, uh, well, more like recommendations of stuff that we use mm-hmm. as tech yeah. professionals. Yeah, there, there's uh, so many tools out there that can uh, make your life easier. But yeah, we do need to bring those up more often. And, and one thing you and I have talked about offline that we need to bring into the show is answering questions of just the average user, uh, whether it's a, uh, not necessarily a technical question or yeah, a highly technical question, just uh, my PC is doing this and how do I fix it? We, we want to get involved in doing that and also some of the, the higher technical questions too. There's nothing we'll shy away from. If we know the answer, we're going to share it. If we don't, We'll use the the great knowledge of all of our, our listeners and people who post on our forums to answer the questions. So there's a lot of great talent out there. So uh, <laughs> one thing. What? I was just reading the chat room. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I, I like what uh, Goebbels has said there. We had, we had several uh, uh, glowing recommendations of uh, Uflabra, the, the, the greatest drug on the, the scene. <laughs> Uflabra. Uh, Fix all of your <laughs> ailments today with Uflabra. Yeah. It's everything you wanted and more. But uh, one, one of the things we were talking about or that I've been thinking about doing is uh, on Google Plus hosting a, a hangout session for the first hour before we do the, the, the actual live recording of the show uh, where people can get together, talk tech in general, talk about what they want to, to hear on the, the actual podcast and answer tech questions too. Uh, so uh, look for that coming soon. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting and help drive some traffic to the uh, to the show. Here's something from yeah, SFGate. I don't know if you uh, found this or saw this. So they're saying Apple's product vision falls to Johnny Ive. Steve Jobs' departure yeah. as chief executive officer last week leaves Apple without the full-time attention of his tech visionary, putting pressure on head product designer Jonathan Ive to fill that gap. While new CEO Tim Cook comes from an operations background, Ive has been Jobs' foremost creative partner within Apple, said Eric Chan, who runs Echo Design, Inc. Uh, Ive, who goes by Johnny, oversaw the exacting development that led to devices such as the iMac, iPod, iPhone, and iPad. Yeah, so that that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that has Steve Jobs instilled the vision of what he thinks, or or whatever those keys are that make Steve Jobs the visionary that he turns out to be has he passed those on through talented people to continue it or maybe even eclipse it or does it all fall apart this guy has a lot of that on his shoulders to say whether or not uh, he's done a good job of it I don't know we'll see like I said I think the next couple of years I I think Steve Jobs I mean look I'm not taking bets here or anything I'm not getting any kind of sick gratification out of this but by making this guess, but I would expect if that's Jobs in that picture and it looks to be, he's not going to mm-hmm. be around at the end of this year. There's just yeah. no way. And that company, over the course of the next couple of years, with the Android juggernaut that's already just full blast ahead, uh, man, I don't know. It's not looking good for Apple. Yeah, well, that's what worries me. Like I've said before, that they, they get to the top, and once they reach the top of the mountain on whatever product it was, they don't look for the next big mountain, they move on to something else. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, here we go in the chat room. Goebbels uh, says he needs a, he needs cheats for Kane and Lynch too, dog days. 
uh, help me. Okay, well, here's a cheat that works in almost any video game you, you would ever uh, have. That would be on your controller. Go up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start. No, I thought it was B, A, B, A, start. At least in Contra, it was B, A, B, A, start. Was it B, A, B, A? Yeah. Yeah, you could be right. I, I am right. I, I was thinking A, B, A, B, but... You want to make another bet? B, A, B, A. No. No, that worked really well for me last time. <laughs> 30 bucks. Uh, yeah, m- my wallet was light enough after that. that. That was two days of lunch that I had to just sit outside and eat grass. <laughs> wow. That's how wonderful yeah. your salary is over there, huh? <laughs> you picked yeah, a great well, well, I firm. Recorded it for, <laughs> yeah, I, I recorded it for my website. It, it was not as fulfilling as I expected. So uh, um, what do you want to talk about next? So, uh, well, let's see. Uh we kind of went through our articles pretty quick. Well, if didn't that's we? the case, then let's go with our tips. Um, yeah, I want to suggest that people consider Ninite, N I N I T E dot com. What it this is, is a new one for me. I haven't heard that. Yeah, what it N-I- is is you go there and let me go ahead and uh, take a look at it as I'm speaking about it, so that I can be in context with what everybody's hearing. What you do, you go there and there's a list of all the available applications that you might want to install on your machine after you reinstall Windows, which, by the way, is the best fix for so many problems you would have in Windows. Don't just wipe it and reinstall it, please, for the love of Christ. I I mean, you need to probably be doing that at a minimum once every couple of years anyway, if you've had a machine for a while. That's throwing an extra tip that just reload your PC at least once a year. That, that your PC will feel like a brand new system each time. It's, it's amazing the amount of junk that that builds up in the the cache yeah. of your computer. Yeah, you, you don't know how to clear that. You really don't have to spend four or five hundred dollars on a new machine. You can just wipe Windows mm-hmm. and reinstall, and everything will be great. But this Ninite, what it does, and again, that's Ninite dot com. That's n i n i t e dot com. You go there, and there's a list of all the available applications that you might want to install on a machine after you reinstall Windows. They're broken down by category. You just put a check mark in each application you'd like to have. And I've suggest, suggested some apps over the uh, last year or two, uh, and they've actually added them. Uh, I don't know if they were listening oh, to yeah? me or if it was just coincidence. but It, it was all you. I, I have to think, to think really it was. Uh, it makes me feel good to think that, so let's go with that. Um mm. So anyway, you put the check marks next to the ones you'd like to have installed on your machine. Then down at the very bottom of the, of the page, you get an executable. Uh, it'll be whatever.exe. You'll, you'll double-click it after you've got Windows reinstalled and you've got all your drivers updated and you've done all the Windows updates. Then it's time to start installing your software. And uh, what you do is just get this installer, double-click it, and walk away from the machine. It'll install all of these applications on your machine, and it'll even go through and appropriately place the settings for you. So, for instance, these applications that are free, you know, but, hey, would you like to install the Yahoo Toolbar? No, I don't. I don't want the Yahoo Toolbar. And so this thing just knows what you don't want, and it doesn't put any of it on your machine. Uh, it's great. So give that a try. It's ninite.com. And uh, as a matter of fact, what's really good if you're like a tech pro and you're you're doing a lot of Windows reinstallations on a frequent basis, mm-hmm. um, a really good thing to do, particularly if you have a tendency to put the same applications on every machine, as I do in my company, uh, what I've done is I just generated the executable here at Ninite, and then I upload it to my web server, and so there's just an address I can go to on each, each machine, a URL, 
and just get the installer that's already packaged and ready to roll that way. I don't even have to go to com and get an installer. So mm-hmm. there's a pro well, tip. I, I can see, looking at this, I can see very quickly, going back to that computer tech, yeah, on the security side of it, you can very quickly build an installer that has multiple uh, anti-spyware and antivirus programs that you could carry around on a flash drive. Yep. It works nicely. So take a look I see at they Nine-Nine. have putty on it. They have what? I was just looking at Putty and an SSH client. Yeah, they've uh, got all the browsers you might want. Messaging applications. The only one there I would ever use is Skype. You know, I don't use yeah. Windows. I don't use MSN Messenger at all. I haven't in about a year, year and a half. I don't even yeah, know I, who's on there. I have it. Yeah. I have no idea who's even on there. I have no idea what they've been saying to me, if anything. I just walked <laughs> yeah. away. I'm done with this. And I just, because I was, I mean, everyone who was on MSN was, for the most part, at least, on Skype. And the same mm-hmm. with Yahoo Messenger, which I used to run years and years ago. Um, See, I don't run I any of that Digsby. now, just Skype. Uh, I've, I've used Digsby for many years. I see that's on the, the list of install programs. The only thing is that, that you have to be sure when you install that, uh, install Digsby, there's a an option to uh, let your computer do science, scientific research in the background what? for vital processes. Yeah. <laughs> Come that's on, how they, stop they, it. They keep the program free. That's, that that uh, stuff it, is never going to accomplish anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. For, I was one of those people thinking, oh, if only I just let my Pentium 3 here chop away at this this uh, SETI audio analysis data um, for, you know, just do that. Surely we'll make contact. Surely I will be contributing to uh, the uh, revelation of warp drive to our species. Uh, but nothing yeah. ever happened. You know, I just at one point I realized, you know, I am actually using more electricity by allowing my PC to do this. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with uh, people who want to donate, but yeah, I'm not going to do it because uh, I, I want those CPU cycles for something else. It's sort of like these uh, people that are running Bitcoin farms. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how the Bitcoin system works other than, you know, it, it essentially is cash that you spend on the Internet and it can actually be exchanged for legal tender American currency, American dollars through certain Bitcoin exchanges. Yeah, and my understanding is there's a finite amount. No, there's a finite number of Bitcoins out there, but you can run a bunch of machines um, in series with one another and generate new bitcoins but it takes like a ton of servers just to generate one bit bitcoin supposedly and the amount of electricity that's required in order to run through the cpu cycles i don't even understand how cpu cycles could be required to generate an idea but apparently it is required and uh, yeah i still don't understand all of that i don't either i haven't put any effort into it yeah uh, you'd burn through so much electricity that it actually exceeds the value of a bitcoin but i mean the bitcoin market if you're interested in making some quick cash it could be a good way to do it because it's very volatile i mean it'll go up to like 50 bucks and then drop to 20 cents you know it's extremely yeah. volatile so i mean if you feel yeah. like gambling yeah, I, mean, I mean you'd go to you'd go to vegas and blow through a couple hundred bucks without any question and and you'd yeah. feel good about yourself when you left so why not save yourself the trip and just throw some money into into bitcoins and then dump them when you feel like you've made some money <laughs> see what happens yeah 
Well, uh, get back to us and let us know how that goes because I, I don't know. If I I'm won't be doing it. I rarely take my own advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rarely do what I suggest others do because I don't need to be bothered with that. You just take my advice. Right. For the rest of the peasant rabble out there, my advice will work wonderful for you. But for me, I'm a special being. I'm above my own advice. I can't be bothered with following any of it. So. No, I won't. Well, be. that advice you gave uh, earlier about uh, walking off a short cliff, walk, walk, taking a long walk on a short short cliff, or however that goes. Uh, some of our uh, chat members earlier who were uh, devaluing the experience, they need to take take that advice. But are they back? No, they're not. No, I'm saying earlier. No, no, we're we're good now. But uh, so anyway, we, we uh, what's your tip? Okay, so so my tip uh, is to get rid of uh, annoying ads, shock websites, oh, this is a good porn one. websites. If you want, if you don't want porn and all that junk, uh, my my big issue was I'm gonna go I, ahead I and put, I'm gonna go ahead and put you on mute here for a couple of seconds. That, that, I think everyone else has done that too. <laughs> well, once so, you said uh, if you're not interested in porn, just you know, <laughs> right. then you'll want yeah, you're this like, product. It. And I thought, well, let me just pot Curtis down. I don't, I don't yeah, care. yeah, let me go grab a new keyboard and call it a day. <laughs> uh, so. So, so what this does is uh, creates uh, redirects for all of the websites that you don't want, want to have any experience with when you're browsing. If you don't want to be uh, subject to all of the uh, ad systems, uh, ad creation systems, you can block their servers. So every time you go to a website that uh, has l the little uh, uh, ad sections for it to where you'll see uh, similar products to things you searched for, just random things that you don't care about. Uh, doing this trick will uh, clear those out. So the, the web address you want to go to is someonewhocares.org slash hosts, that's host with an S, slash zero spelled out. So someonewhocares.org slash H-O-S-T-S slash Z-E-R-O. On this site, they'll, they'll give you a description uh, of how to uh, how to install this. But basically, you're going to go to the host file on your computer, which resides under the System32 directory, and then drivers, etc. Then there's a file that uh, probably on t most PCs is going to be empty. Uh, but what you'll do is take this. You'll you'll copy the text from this website, paste it into your host file through a text editor like Notepad, and uh, save it. And now go to any of the websites you typically browse that have banner ads uh, for you name it products. Now what this has done has blocked all of those websites to go to a dead address. So you're not going to you're not contributing first off to the revenue generation for those sites through through their ad systems, and it's not going to start targeting you with ads when the the one time you went to Newegg and looked up ex external hard drives or. Uh, TigerDirect.com to look at uh, um, flash drives. Uh, now, every time you go to other websites, those those ads are going to pop up. Uh, or you go to Overstock.com and look up a couch. You know, you're not going to see couch advertisements when you go to other websites now. So, uh, how does the other part of it? How does Windows analyze the hosts file though? Whenever it makes a request online, I mean, like the the TCP/IP stack. Before it sends it will, a packet and how it determines it's going to behave when it reacts to a packet, um, how, I mean, how does it check the host's file? Like, well, I guess what I'm really asking you is, could it become resource intensive if your host's file were too long? Well, it, 
Maybe, but not really. I mean, it's doing such a quick huh. search. And because it stores it basically in the the stack of your DNS routing, it's not going to be a, a it's not going to be much different from what's already happening with a a request for a, an address going out to a DNS server that has a, its own cache, whether that's your ISP, your router, uh, or a larger directory out there. Uh, so it, no, it's it's not going to create a lot of overhead, I don't think, on your system. And it, I mean, I use this and I put it on every PC that I work on, uh, and, and it doesn't. Uh, huh. Add any extra overhead that I've noticed. What do you think about uh, using the thing open is, DNS? I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish oh, your point there before you answer that. Oh, oh, no, I was just going to say that the it, it actually should should it, any any kind of issue you would have with slowdown because it it's has this now loaded in resident memory of any type would would be uh, overcome by the fact that you aren't you, you aren't downloading all these ad sites while you're browsing anything else. So I mean, it takes it immediately to a a, a non-available website. So, yeah, that's nice. So, what do you think about OpenDNS? I, I love OpenDNS, and I, I, I've used that many times. Uh, it's one of the ways uh, for, for anyone who who does uh, small business uh, networking. OpenDNS is a great way to be able to filter and uh, block websites without but having to go expensive. into expensive software. It's expensive. Oh, you can do it it's for four hundred bucks a year. OpenDNS? Yeah, for for business. Cl- well, let me put oh, it this way. No. For a client, here's here's the quote they gave me the other day. For a business cu- customer who has, and they're measure they're measuring it by seats, dude. It's not just mm-hmm. oh, here's the cost to put it on your network. It's how many seats are in your network. And for a network of five seats, for a business client, it was going to cost four hundred dollars a year. Really? They, yeah, they, they've I had was shocked. To change something then because what I would do, let's say you're uh, in a domain environment using Active Directory and. Uh, yeah, you're using Windows uh, DHCP server. I would just put in the address for uh, OpenDNS. You know, that's going to be my my primary and secondary for it. And uh, you just go into your account, and you can uh, from that one computer. You know, it is the only one that set it up. Uh, sorry, in the chat room, I'm reading what Goebbels is saying here that he deleted his System32 directory. Yeah, that won't be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> okay, now, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm reacting to the uh, chat room uh, live, which probably isn't very exciting, but what he needs to do now is go to a command prompt and type in format, uh, format C slash S. He needs to F desk, as, as Evelyn would say. Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, And then reinstall. I, I've been but, making fun uh, of but, but what I was going to say is that uh, from from the OpenDNS web, web panel, uh, that would just go in and set a filter for all the websites that my customer doesn't want their employees to be able to go to, right. uh, and it's going to be tracked from that one, th- from the server down to the rest right. of the clients. So I, I didn't know that there was any kind of C issues. Right. That's uh, why I'm thinking, issue. what is this? Why are you asking yeah, that, me how many seats are in the network? You just put yeah, it on wonder, the you put it on the router, and it filters down to every machine on the network, and done. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look at that to see if it's changed because that's one of the great things about. Open DNS is that not only is it usually faster than any ISP's DNS servers, uh, also you have the ability to filter out information you yeah, don't want or track great. track you know, browsing of your your users if you need to. Yeah, it's great. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm but they do have a free side that does. It looks like almost everything that the business side of things does. Is that uh, OpenDNS.net? Uh, yeah. Or .org. I, I think yeah. it's .org. Let me ask you this though, Curtis. What would be the solution? Because OpenDNS, 
doesn't provide any machine specific stuff. You know, it's just your network is either using it or it's not. And so right. what I'm kind of wondering is if you set a network up with OpenDNS, but there's one machine that you would like not to be subjected to the restrictions implemented by Open OpenDNS or enforced by OpenDNS as far as what websites people can go to and what have you. The only way I, I thought about it and the only way I saw around it was just to have that one machine not use OpenDNS. I mean... Yeah, well, it depends on how you've implemented it, though. If you're doing it from your router and it's passing that information down, anytime, and then one of your PCs you, you've put in your static ISP or whatever other DNS server you want to use, the router is still going to go out and try to hit open DNS for it because that's what it's using to... Um, right? I mean, no, that's wrong. Oh, well, no, no, wait a minute. Oh, I guess, yeah, if you're... That, that PC's not going to be using a... No, you uh, can go in and you can based. actually tell the PC don't use OpenDNS. Tell it to use Google's Right. Well, I was Google's thinking you're, you're sending that down. Well, in the scenario I was talking about earlier, the the DHCP server. Oh, uh, well, in that case, yeah. DNS on. So, so yeah. So, but, but yeah, if you just have a uh, a client uh, client network rather than client server, uh, then uh, yeah, I mean, you would just go into one of those PCs and, and set its information statically. So there's no other way around that then on a per-machine basis. Right. Huh. Well, that's a shame, Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, what, we need to do, what we need to do is uh, create our own DNS server. Uh, actually, that should be a great feature of Firefox. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's another great feature. We'll have a, uh, a dedicated DNS server for yeah. Firefox, and it'll, comp- it'll be comprised of a, uh, a Packard Bell Pentium 2. Uh, which will be located... Let's go with an Apple IIe. There's a name you haven't heard in a while, Packard Bell. Remember yeah. those guys? They're yeah, big they, in Europe. Yeah. They are. They're, that, they're are they still, still a thriving company in Europe. Uh, uh, they just did, ceased all of their American operations. Did they buy... Uh, are they? Is that the company that bought uh, Gateway? No, I thought... Uh, well, was I don't... Was, didn't Acer buy Gateway? Didn't it? Maybe it was because Acer was the largest manufacturer in the world, right? I think they still are. When they bought. Have you seen yeah. that Acer tablet, that Acer Android tablet? I think it's called the Acer yeah, Iconia. The yeah, it looks like they had some really cool stuff coming out. It's. Uh, it, I, I held one at Walmart. I just kind of felt it, and it feels really solid. It's metallic, and um, it really feels good. I've held iPads. Yes, I know what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is an amazing experience. I just, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not. I've held iPads. There's just something about it that feels constricting to me. Um, well, I can point to specifics about how it's constricting, but just the feel of the interface, it just feels like the way I keep scrolling to the. I keep moving the screen to the right, and as I do, suddenly everything changes and it turns into a menu of some kind. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, I, I think heck? part of it is that the, the restriction of. Uh, of what it what you can't do with it the the closeness of the the iPad actually is kind of nice cuz you're not trying to make it an all you know do everything device Gerbil says I guarantee you that there are men yeah, just, and women of every color and creed at this very moment in time just as emotionally mentally and spiritually committed to open DNS as you if not more <laughs> <laughs> All right we'll move on I can take a hint um, so do you have any other tips? Anything? Uh, any other news stories uh, that you want to talk about? I have a feeling we're on the brink of doing a short show tonight. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it uh, there it seems feels like there's a lot more that's gone on. It's just not not there at the tip of my tongue. Hmm. Yeah, well, we but, only uh, had we really didn't have a lot of stories. It seems like uh, the tech news world kind of took a vacation with the whole Steve Jobs yeah. thing and just focused on that story, but and nothing else. What are the ramifications? Tell us about your Steve Jobs anecdotes. Yeah. Tell us about the first time that Steve Jobs looked at you and flipped uh, flipped the bird at you. I mean, just, okay, <laughs> we get it. The man's dying. He's important. We get it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, well, the, the, the quick thing, though, about that is how fast is everything changing in the PC world and the mobile world right now? I mean, you've got uh, everything appears to have ramped up, whether it's uh, Google's acquisitions, Microsoft trying to buy up web companies now to to seem relevant. <laughs> uh, Apple now not really knowing for sure what the future is going to hold for them. Uh, the the world of, of of PCs is really or the the world of technology is is a, applying Moore's law finally very heavily where it really applied to computer software and hardware really should apply to uh, technology in general now. Oh, and Google Google admitted uh, Eric Schmidt over and I, I forgot about this one. Oh, not admitted, but talked about in Europe during a conference that uh, it, it would not be unlikely to see Google TV embedded into uh, Motorola set-top boxes. Ah, and so it begins. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a link to that article for you to, to see in detail enough to talk about, but I did see that. He didn't go into detail about it, but uh, he did did acknowledge that very, very likely possibility, which I think is uh, one of the uh, side benefits they get from the whole Motorola deal. Well, um, wow, that's actually going to be really interesting. And we've talked recently about how you know Google TV might not be a safe bet to go out and spend the money on. But with this Motorola deal having happened, I think it might be a good idea to get acquainted with Google TV and see how things yes. look. Anyway, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, actually, we, yeah, actually, uh, you know, we. I mean, we normally go for at least two hours. We were pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. We were about yeah, a quarter know. hour off. All right, this is the spec sheet with Curtis Thornton. I'm Michael Van Dieven. It's been a pleasure. Have a good night, everybody. See you, Curtis. Yep. See ya. Good night, everyone. This is the spec sheet.